Hey listeners, my name is Elisha, the founder of the Witnesses Podcast. It's so beautiful to have you listening to our podcast. And I want you to know something that that means a whole lot to me. Thank you for tuning in. And one thing I love to tell all of our listeners is, it's not just about you listening, but listening to understand. Understanding is the most important thing. So important. So, you have to listen, learn, and practice. Thank you so very much and happy listening. Hi, Alicia. It's so nice to have you on the show. How are you doing today? I'm, I'm great. I'm doing great. Thank you for having me. That's Thank you. so good. Yeah. Okay, you know, oftentimes I love to talk about the essence of this show, which is to invite amazing guests, amazing guests like Alicia to come talk to us about their triumphant stories because we believe that in our audience, there might be someone who is talked up in a situation that Alicia came out of triumphantly. So by that person listening to you speak, he or she might actually pick up information that will lead to their transformation. So Alicia, um, within the next few minutes, let us get started with your story, the challenges that you faced and how you overcame them. Then afterwards, I've got some beautiful questions for you. Okay, over to you, Alicia. Let us get started. Great. Um, I I think my biggest challenges lately in life have revolved around this nonprofit and finding my way with the nonprofit. And my biggest message from the last few years is to just trust what trust the path that I'm on and don't let other people interfere with what my heart and my gut and my soul are telling me I need to do. And and that's really the biggest takeaway I've gotten from the last few years because it's it just keeps coming back to that. Just trust the path that I'm on and do the work and it's all working out little by little. Beautiful, beautiful. Okay, so um, let us get started with the questions. The very first sure. one, are you ready? Yes. All right, so this says that, um, let's say someone asks you, hey, Alicia, what um, can I do if my loved one lingers at the end of each or a life? Like, what would your response <clears throat> be? This you is an easy, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, this isn't easy for people. Their their mother, their father, their spouse, um, their loved one is. We don't want to see them suffer, and they aren't. To be blunt, they're not dying as fast as we think they should be. There are a lot of reasons why someone is lingering at the end. It might be because they're afraid to go. It might be because honestly, they're afraid of seeing someone on the other side. I've seen that. It could be because more than likely there's something that they haven't resolved, something they're still worried about here. It could also be that they're just determined to go until the very, very 
very end. We, we see a lot of people in end-of-life care, Elisha, who surprisingly go relatively quickly. It's as if they're capable of making a decision to leave this body earlier than we would expect. But for others, in many cases, not many cases, in some cases, some of these people just don't want to go until it's, it's the very, very end. They are living through this experience. They are living through this transformation. And I'm going through it right now with a friend of mine whose mother just hasn't gone and we're we're so pained for her but at the same time we have to remember hey this is your journey not ours let's just keep you comfortable and guide you and support you while you're experiencing this so you have to kind of go through this checklist have you covered everything you think your loved one might be worried about whether it's seeing someone on the other side, whether it's what happens after you die, or is it that they haven't resolved something here, or they haven't heard what they're listening for, like you and your brothers will get along after I'm gone. You and your brothers will not break apart after I'm gone. That could be one, um, or it could be financial. Don't worry, dad, we're going to take care of mom you left her in good financial condition. That was actually my father's sticking point. So you have to kind of go through this checklist. And after that, you have to respect their journey. You just have to be there for them. This is when they need you the most and they need you to love them and support them the most. It's this very, very end of our transition. That's, that's what I am. I got that. I got that. Okay, so the second question. Mm, it says, if the lack of elder care support is a global crisis, um, why don't you work in the U.S. as well as overseas? <laughs> I don't know if you got that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and and I get that question frequently. We have yeah. a lot of resources here in the Western. Yeah, we have a, a lot of resources here. Can you hear me okay? Yeah, 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 sure. Okay, okay. I want to make sure because I'm, I'm not yelling into the microphone this morning. Um, we have a lot of resources in Western countries, in first world countries. And they don't have the same resources in third world countries. And people in the third world are just as overwhelmed with trying to feed themselves, trying to feed their children, trying to take care of elderly aging parents, but they don't have the support that we do. They don't have the resources we do. And lots of people do great work here in the United States. I prefer to work in the countries that really, really, really need it. That's my choice. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, um, the third question: How do I yeah. get my spouse, or parent, or loved one, 
to tell me about what their end of life wishes are if they wouldn't talk about it. Not everyone wants to talk about that. It's not a comfortable subject for people. And to suddenly <laughs> throw it all at them, right, Alicia? Elisha, um, they, they don't want to talk about it. So you don't ask them about it. You ask them other questions that give you clues as to what they would want. Mm. Some people say, you know, if I'm, if I, I've heard it, I've heard it. If I'm, even if I'm brain dead, leave me on life support. Even if my brain isn't working, leave me on life support. I'll go and I want to go. Okay. Mm. So you find a story and in the course of a conversation, Wow, I was reading the story about this young woman and she was on life support and the doctors told her parents she was technically brain dead and they refused to take her off life support and it went to court. And that's actually a true story. And it went to court because the hospital wanted to remove her from life support. And the parents said no. And shortly after the case was resolved in favor of the parents, the young woman her heart gave out. It, it, it was just this. It was just the strangest thing. So even though she was on life support, not only was her brain dead, but her heart wasn't functioning anymore. So that was proof to the parents that that's what they wanted for their children. Some people want that. So you can use the story. Oh, that's a really interesting story. You know, what would you do with me? I hope you know, this is what I want and try to pull some information out of them. Well, well, you know, what do I do if something happens like that to you? Do I leave you on life support? Do you want to be a vegetable? Or do you want me to go ahead and let you go? Just pick away at the questions you have. Make yourself a list of questions. What do you think you need to know? And then pick away at them over time. Have conversations with your loved one to understand where their priorities are, what they want, what they don't want, and attack it from that angle. Beautiful, so beautiful. Okay, we still have about two more questions left. Alicia, you know, <laughs> I, am, I am really enjoying our conversation, I tell you. <laughs> okay, you. so, yeah, this says, um, how do you keep going and creating? Let's say someone says, I feel like um, I am too old to build something new for my life. So how do I keep going and create it? <laughs> you got it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. we, we have a, a very popular advice column in, in newspapers here in the United States. And many, many years ago, someone wrote into this advice column and said, Everyone wants me to go back to school. By the time I graduate, I'll be, I think she said, I'll be 52 by the time I graduate. What do you think I should do? And the columnist wrote back, how old will you be in four years if you don't go to school? And that's always stuck with me. So you're, you think you're too old to start something new? You think it's gonna take you three, four years to get something off the ground? How old are you going to be in three or four years anyway? What are you going to say in three or four years looking back and going, wow, I could have gotten a new business off the ground by now. 
you're never too old. You're, you're really never too old. And if you start to feel that way, you need to consider what you feel you've missed out on in life and just try, just try it. That's, that's what I, I think. I got that. Beautiful. <laughs> okay. The last question. I'm so eager okay. to learn more about it. It says, why is it rude for me to tell someone it was a blessing that their loved one mm -hmm. died? You got that? Yes. I discovered this. Um, my sister and I, my eldest sister and I both discovered this after my mother died. My mother went quickly. And for us as her daughters, the three of us daughters, we looked at it as a blessing because she wasn't going to suffer from her condition. And she had already suffered for quite a few years. And then she just, her body just gave out in a matter of days. And we felt it was a blessing, but we still to this day feel the loss of our mother. So if someone else says, oh, it was a blessing she left early. Oh, it was a blessing she died and she didn't linger. That, our first reaction was someone, someone told each of us that. And our first reaction was, that's none of your business. We lost our mother. Even though she wasn't mentally with us anymore, she was our mother. We lost her you don't get to tell us it was a blessing. And I've told people that over and over whenever I get the opportunity these days, because it was a real learning experience. It was eye-opening for us. And the next time someone said, oh, wow, it was really, it, it was really a blessing that she, she went and didn't linger. My response was, we lost our mother. That's never a blessing. It's the family can say that to themselves and to each other. It you, I, I, I get really worked up over it. You have no business telling someone else who just lost their loved one, who just lost a piece of themselves that you think it was a good thing. They died, not your business. Just say, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. What can I do and mean it? If you say, what can I do? You have to mean it because if the person replies, I really just need to go for a coffee this week. You can't then say, oh, I'm really busy this week. What about next week? If you say, what can I do? You have to make time for that coffee for that person. That's, that's bad karma. If you pull something like that, don't tell them it's a blessing. Just say, I'm so sorry. Or Elijah, the best words someone spoke to me after my mother died were not words. She heard that my mother had died. I was at work. I came out of one room. She looked at me, tears in her eyes, and just gave me this hug, this long, loving, comforting hug. And that was it. And everything that needed to be said was said in those moments. So if you don't know what to say, genuinely hug that person. Genuinely say, I'm so sorry. That's all you need to say. Wow. 
this is such a great moment you know a very educative moment i'm learning some beautiful things from our conversation alicia wow okay so um in conclusion alicia let's say there is a piece of advice you would like to give to the audience what would that be and let's say there is someone or some people who would like to learn more about you or reach out to you how can that be possible um, well, the advice I would give is just what I've been learning these last few years. I mean, it, it, it started many, many years ago. It's just been reinforced, um, since I lost both of my parents and since I started this nonprofit, but it really is, even if you don't understand it, follow the path that's laid out for you. You have signs, you're being led along a path. When we start to force things in our life, when we go after careers that really aren't fit for us, it's a great learning experience, but it doesn't always work out. Just follow your path. It's there. If you just sit quietly with your life and look for it, that's the, the best advice I can offer. If you want to reach me, you can go to, well, you can go to the, the nonprofits website and that's global humanity initiative.org. And there's a, a contact button down at the bottom and you can reach out to me through email. That way you can, you can look for the book. You can find out what I do. You can find out a little bit about my journey there. Um, I I'm, I'm happy to talk to just about anybody really about it. It's beautiful. That's so good. All right. Thank you so very much for your time, Alicia. Thank you for honoring the invite. It really means a whole lot. I really appreciate it. Thank you so Thank you, very Richard. much. It's been wonderful. It's It's been wonderful. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for tuning in to this incredible episode. Your support means the world to us, and we truly value you. We look forward to having you join us for the next episode. If you enjoyed what you heard, please consider rating and reviewing us on Apple Podcasts. Your feedback is greatly appreciated.